Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning, all my ninjas. It's really nice to look out at the West Office right now. And I've been noticing it a lot in the last week or two, but it's really been nice to look out over at the mountains and not see a smoky haze. I don't know if any of you guys have also noticed that, but it is certainly like a little gift of fall right now. Very excited about that. Thank you all of you for jumping in. Those of you who, um, oh, hi, South Office crew. Um, those of you who show up every single week. Um, I know it's hard to carve out time every single week to do this for an hour, but um, kudos to those of you who have been doing it. And kudos to those of you who make sure that they're following up on the, or at least watching the replay if they can't catch it live. So thank you to all of you who have been uh, doing that as well. Steph and Kayla with your watch party every week. I love it. All right. Let's dive right in. I think we're excited because this week um, we have worked so hard over the last four weeks getting so much foundation work done with our mindset, with how we handle people in general from like a broad overview, how we want to run our business in theory um, in order to get these um, clients that we can serve and we can add value for. And it's all for what we're going to talk about this week and next week, which is the seller process and the buyer process. Um, I'm going to give you a little disclaimer by saying, I don't know if any of you have had a chance to kind of thumb through the resource um, PDF for this week, but at the end, there's, all, there's two pages of resources between both the Ninja Selling Podcast and the Ninja U database, because I am going to talk about really broad strokes here for the seller process. And I really want you guys to take the time to dive into those videos, especially on the Ninja U videos, because they're going to deep dive into more examples and role-playing and mindset stuff. So um, if there's any week, um, if there's any week, yes, Mike, remind me that at the end of this class and I'll make a note of it. I will 100% forget. Um, if there is any week that you're going to really dive into all of the resources and spend time watching every single one or bookmarking them, this is the week to definitely make sure that you're doing it because it is, uh, the sup, this is kind of like the bread and the butter. So it's the supplements that will definitely, um, take you further. We're going to talk all about, um, the general seller process today and kind of how to, work uh, with a seller or a potential seller in a consultative manner versus a presentation show up and throw up kind of way. All right. It's the time every week that we are going to share anything that we're grateful for. If there is a, anybody that woke up on the wrong side of the bed, I certainly know I did because my dog decided to wake up like 500 times in the middle of the night. Um, gratitude's the easiest way to shift your mindset into anything. Um, into a positive light, change your day, change the momentum of the day, whatever it needs to be. Friends visiting from Costa Rica, floor call under contract. Congrats, Kara. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Cozy blanket in this fall weather, 6 a.m. yoga. Impressive. Um, oh my God, they're like flooding in. Grateful. Got buyers under contract. That's amazing, Carrie. 
Kids are in school. Yes. New iPhone on its way. Way to go, Ben. I hope it didn't make a tumble on your fun weekend adventures I saw you doing over on social media. Although perhaps that is a fun story. Online lease, walk and lead, and a lender lead. Way to go. Slept through the night. <gasps> and I couldn't be more jealous of that. Slept through the night like a child. God, that is just, <laughs> you don't realize what a gift it is until it doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I missed Stacy. First closing tomorrow. Way to go, Stacy. That's amazing. New client meeting this week. Look at all of you guys. This gratitude pours out. I hope those of you who are keeping it to themselves as you, Emily, I'm always grateful for Ted Lasso. I can watch the Christmas episode over and over and over again. Um, uh, take, eat, drink up everybody else's gratitude. I hope you find a second to find something that you're grateful for. Um, whatever you need to do to reset your week, reset your moment, reset your mindset. It can happen one time a day. It can happen 10 times a day. There's no limit to being grateful for things. Um, and another thing that we're going to talk about, if I forget to mention later, going into seller consultations, whether they're people you don't know before or that you've never met before, they're a referral, they're a, they're a lead from online, an open house lead, a repeat client, taking a second to find gratitude before you walk into that meeting, before you have that phone call, will absolutely shift how you're approaching um, your time with that person as well as, and like add a smile to your face. People can feel that and people can sense that. So, um, do what you can to, um, incorporate it into your day as much as you need to. There is no limit to how grateful you can be, um, in general. Oh, way to go. Carrie Ann new buyer meeting today. Love it. Grateful for the day. That's enough, isn't it? Repeat client in Georgetown. That's awesome. Okay. I could watch this for hours. It's so fun to watch what you guys are all grateful for. Um, I think it's really important just to kind of keep touching in on our Ninja Nine. Um, has anybody seen some like benefits to some structure and adding in just these nine blocks to your week? I certainly know that I have when I've been refocusing it. Like yesterday, I've been feeling this need to like deck out my house in Halloween as well as plant bulbs for the spring. I'm like, oh, but I have all this business to do all this work to catch up on. And I really started reframing my mind and thinking, well, okay, well, if I just carve out this 45 minutes to take care of my daily five, and then I plugged in where my Ninja four are going to go in the week, I found some space to do some things that filled me up, which is completely the goal here is to, you don't have to work 24 seven to achieve the business that you want. You have to accomplish what you need to accomplish um, and not let things fall to the wayside, but if you don't have to just create more work to feel busy or to feel successful. So um, I hope that it's you're finding some success or you're finding what you need to do to um, fill your time more appropriately or do some things that fill you up in a more genuine way. You know, whether it is with real estate business and you're able to take on one more coffee meeting or if it's more personal and you're able to do that 6 a.m yoga fit class, like Jenna, I don't know, you know, whatever it needs to do, reviewing lifeless, totally affecting your decisions. When you don't want to sit there and like do that home review and you want to watch the most recent episode of squid game and you're like, but wait, that trip to, uh, Bali needs to be funded. And the only way I'm going to do that is if I keep serving my people, it totally makes a big difference. So here's your reminder. If you haven't done it yet this week, schedule in every single day where you're going to do these five daily success habits. 
and schedule in one chunk of time, or maybe it's splitting it up into two chunks of time for your four weekly success habits. Um, it is easy to do. It's also super easy not to do. So the more intentional we can be, the more success I think we're all going to find. Here's my permission for you to right after this call, take 10 minutes and schedule it out um, and see what kind of magic can come from that. Okay. Who's ready to dive into the seller process? Um, the big thing to talk about with the seller process is helping and serving the people that are working to sell their homes. Um, I don't know if any of you, some of you might've never gone on a seller consultation before. Some of you might've gone on e hundreds of them. I'm not sure. But one thing to know, and I'm sure those of you who have gone on plenty or even just one, or even just sat there in the seat doing a role play back and forth, um, sellers generally are a little overwhelmed. Buyers are very eager and anxious. They're getting embark they're embarking on some sort of new adventure. Sellers are typically overwhelmed because it beca it comes selling their house comes with a very big decision, okay? So the single most important factor in getting a home sold are seller decisions. That is going to be a repetitive theme that happens from the time you have your pre-listing phone call to the moment before they decide where they're going to be closing. It is a series of seller decisions along the way. And your job is to be the trusted advisor, the steady, the providing of information and providing of value. Some decisions that sellers need to make along the way are the price that they would like to list their home at, um, the condition that they would like to list their home. There are times when a seller says, I would like to do nothing, and I want to list it the way that you see it, or they would like to perform certain improvements, or they would like to know what certain improvements you suggest they do in order to capitalize on a certain price that they're hoping to receive. Um, they need to decide showing availability. That might seem super small, but let's say they live in their house and they need to see, get as much traffic through the home as possible they need to decide how they're going to manage that. If they're going to go away for the day, if they're going to do appointments, right? So there's, they have to decide showing availability. They have to decide once they see, once um, an offer gets submitted or perhaps more than one offer, they're going to have to decide contract acceptance, which comes with a series of different components and factors that come with each individual contract, right? And so those of you who have ever managed a multiple offer situation, you know that um, consulting and advising your sellers through this can feel super overwhelming, which is what, um, and as a little aside, we're not going to go into things like how to manage multiple offer situations in, uh, in a show or after once offers are received and you're um, on the market. This is more how you're going to um, consult a seller prior to listing, um, and some of the things once you, once you get going, but we're not going to go into like the deep details of that sort of situation. Um, and the last really big decision that they need to make, and it's usually the first decision that they need to make is who their realtor is going to be. If they're going to use a realtor to sell their home, if they're going to use you as a realtor, which realtor, they might be interviewing a handful of them, but that's a pretty big decision because all of those other factors and factors we're going to discuss today 
typically hinge on the performance of that realtor. <clears throat> I hear, I'm sure you've all heard it if you've listened to or read anything, and I find myself slipping up and saying this sometimes and try to correct myself, but there will be a listing consultation, not a listing presentation. Remember, as ninjas, our job is to provide value and to serve others in a way that they would like to be treated. When you present to somebody and just show up and throw up, a lot of times people feel like they're getting talked at. Their home is a very huge part of who they are, more, most likely. If it's an investor, it's a huge part of um, their portfolio of ways that maybe a potential stream of income or other factors in that way. If you consult with them, you are talking with them like it's another appendage of them, which their home typically is, whether they've taken much care of it or if, if it holds a certain stigma or a memory, our work is to consult with them and not just present to them. One is a with the consultation and one is an at, and nobody wants to be talked at. So we're gonna really shift our mindset to being a consultation because remember, you're the trusted real estate advisor. You're not Joe Schmo off the street coming in with like his, his like sport coat and opening up with seeing all the different watches and things that you can sell that way. Okay. So we're going to really focus on, um, and even just using it when you have a conversation with potential sellers, uh, you know, we'd like to schedule a listing consultation. We'd like to schedule cause consultation brings down anxiety as well. Okay. Sellers are anxious in general. So we're going to bring down that level of anxiety and talk about a consultation. Con consultation typically also equals conversation. There's a lot of times I said consultation there. Bear with me. Okay. When working with sellers, the crucial conversations with sellers and agents, they need to be and feel clear and they need to feel safe. Okay. If you have ever had a conversation with somebody um, and you feel like they're talking at you, right? Or they're just, they're edging you on, waiting for you to, um, you, them, they're, wait, they're waiting for you to say something where they can grasp on and maybe like make a talk move to secure you into their, under their wing or into their playing field or something like that. That doesn't feel very safe, that you feel very unhinged and on edge. So that's why we're going to keep saying that consultation of feeling safe. Um, and agents need to be really clear, which is why we have this process that we're going to talk about. Ambiguity and a moving target, if you're the seller, feels really overwhelming. You don't know what you're getting into. And this is usually hundreds of thousands of dollars that we're talking about and potentially also hundreds of thousands of dollars of profit or money to be earned or gained from selling their home. And if it feels unclear, that's when we don't have really good seller decisions. Remember a couple of episodes ago, we talked about your job is to provide clarity. Um, and a lot of times clarity comes or sellers, do, people don't make decisions because they are unclear. So your job is to provide that clarity and to allow them to feel safe. Um, some big sources of confusion for sellers, their personal situations and or expectations, okay? Um, perhaps there is a family separation, which is causing them to sell, sell their home. 
um, that will leave somebody feeling super confused. Perhaps they need to, one person's relocating to a certain home, another person's relocating to a second home or different home. And that's really confusing as to how to navigate perhaps the timeline and of the sale of your home um, or how to manage the other person in there uh, in that situation that's also selling the house. Um, the expectations can feel confusing. Perhaps they've watched far too many HGTV episodes or seen one too many Pinterest posts about, here's what you should expect to sell your home. Now, some of those things can be super helpful, but they can also provide some confusion and make it feel like there's a golden standard that needs to be across the board and it might not feel the way that it feels right to them and they are just confused as to what to expect into that situation. Remember, confusion causes clarity. Clear, lack of clarity provides provides a pause in clear and easy decision making. Um, some sources of confusion can come from their neighbors or Zillow. Um, I put Zillow on there because we know that many people, when they just start perusing the idea of home sales, they might start looking there. It's the easiest place typically that they think of to look for and source homes. And they think, well, this house sold for this much. I bet you mine can. Well, we all know that Zillow, while can provide some resources, it's not, we've known in the past, isn't always the most accurate thing. And so it might be confusing for them to see what an online source is sharing with them about the price of their home or the sale of their home. And it might not be entirely accurate, which creates some confusion. Um, neighbors also might find some confusion. They might start making um, general assumptions or statements about how to sell your home or what to expect. And then all of a sudden, as the seller, they come to you and they're like, well, my neighbor told me this. Is this true? And that provides some confusion, right? Um, appraisals can find can create some confusion. Perhaps they've recently refied and they got a certain value on their um, appraisal and then they want to sell six months later, which, you know, maybe they got an appraisal in the spring and then they want to sell in October and the demand isn't quite there. So that could, could create some confusion for a seller. Um, some ways to provide clarity for these sellers in order for them to feel safe. Um, creating a time schedule, right? People like to see really concrete outlines and what to expect, right? So when we remove the ambiguity, we create a listing timeline. When we're going to even have the phone call, when we're going to have paperwork complete, when we're going to have staging done, when we're going to have photos done, when we're going to go live, how once we go under contract, how long it will take to sell, right? So when we start creating a little bit of a roadmap, clarity starts to become um, apparent. We have, if you're a Western Maine agent, we have those um, some of those listing timeline items in our broker mint library. Um, odds of selling. Those of you, again, who receive, we have market updates and you can look at them wherever your market is, but we have some market statistics that we're able to rely on that show you what the odds of selling are if you price it accurately within seven days or within 14 days, um, or generally showing the seller some data and saying, here are the homes that went under contract within one week. Here's the ones that went under contract within um, a month. And having them see the difference and helping them get clear as to what the outcomes could potentially look like. Um, buyer eyes pricing. And we're going to talk about that a little bit when we talk about the, um, I can't remember if it's in the listing, uh, it's in the listing, pre-listing interview. Um, 
But when you put, when you kind of reverse the role of the seller, put them in the chair of a buyer and have them look at a house, their house through buyer's eyes, it provides a little bit of clarity and allows the seller to see the home they're working to sell as more of a product and able to provide some clarity as to some next steps potentially. Um, choices and consequences also create some clarity. If you choose this offer, here's what will happen. If you choose this offer, here's what will happen. Now we don't have a crystal ball and we can't always say definitively how things will shake out, but we can rely on data, past anecdotal experience, um, and you know, even as far as inspection terms or terms within a contract, for an example, um, allowing, providing them what their choices are and what those possible consequences are, help them manage that expectation confusion um, and provide some clarity, which will help them at least stay onto a path at a certain point, um, as well as visual pricing. And that kind of goes into that odds of selling and buyer pricing, they all can kind of mumble, jumble together. Um, you're, you're gonna provide them with data of other homes that have sold in the neighborhood and com they can compare their house, how it looks visually compared to others that have sold at certain price points and they'll be able to kind of line theirs up and see where they fall within that range and provide some clarity as to what their home appears like as a product in that certain neighborhood or time of year. Um, we also wanna keep in mind seller's three greatest fears. And I'm sure we've all had this conversation before. Maybe one part of it at each seller, maybe one seller has had all three. Um, they are afraid of selling their house too low or for too cheap, not getting enough um, profit for their home. They are fearful of paying the realtor to facilitate and guide through the sale. Um, and they're also obviously terrified of not selling their home. If they have to get to somewhere and move or relocate for a job where they've already purchased another house, that's a really big fear hinging on them as well, which is going to play into some confusion and some opportunities for you to provide some clarity. Who's had some of those experiences with sellers or seen they're too, they're afraid to sell it too cheap. They don't want to pay that realtor. They're always trying to gouge what your services should be offered. Um, we don't see it as much right now as homes not selling, but you'd be surprised. People, even in the seller market, are like, oh my gosh, do you think, you know, when push comes to shove and their house is going live, they're terrified. Um, yeah, I've um, certainly had some people walk away from me not wanting to pay my fee. And as hard as it is in the beginning, there's also, it opened the door for other people that were willing to pay for my value um, and experience. So it's tough, but... Hopefully, you know, it will come back around and provide opportunities for other items. Okay, so this is kind of your general before, when you first get that phone call referral, somebody reaches out to you, they're thinking about selling their home, they, you've sent them a home review, and two months later, they're like, hey, we saw that home review and we've been thinking about it, and I think we're ready to start talking about selling our house. Um, these are the general steps that we're going to do prior to going active and listing your home on the market. All of these resources that I'm going to talk about today as well have been uploaded into this week. Um, this week's resources and then a lot of things that we're going to talk. Well, there's also an abundance of, there are abundance of resources available in 
our brokerment library with Weston Maine, or if you're at a certain, if at a different brokerage, I'm sure your company has um, a lot of things that you can use a value to incorporate here. So the first thing we're going to do is, and we're going to talk about these in detail as well. Um, we're going to perform a pre-listing interview um, using the pre-listing -li pre interview questionnaire. This is going to be a phone call, um, and this happens before you even visit the home. Okay. Once that, that pre-listing interview questionnaire is complete, you're going to deliver your listing packet ahead of time. I don't, once in a blue moon, it's hard to do because it all happens so quickly. However, even if you have a phone call on a Thursday and a listing interview on, uh, or excuse me, a listing consultation on a Friday, you're going to do what you can to get that listing packet delivered that Thursday night. And we're going to talk about how to do that. Um, Three and four kind of go together. Three happens right before four. Um, you're going to determine what the property walkthrough goals are. You're going to work on de developing rapport, um, reviewing items from the listing questionnaire after the consultation walk. Um, you're going to also review um, details that you've obtained from that pre-listing questionnaire so that you are informed and in almost immediately in rapport with your seller when you walk in. Um, you're going to qualify the seller to see how serious they are about selling, um, and you're going to qualify that house. And these are all things you're doing for yourself to prepare for step four, which is the property walkthrough consultation. And I have, we have some guidelines for how to perform um, some of those steps. So the pre-listing interview is, um, again, it's uploaded into the resources for this week. Um, this is set up in advance of visiting the property. Now you have a phone call, you have an email. Hey, I'd like to sit there and talk about listing my home. That sounds great. I'd love to, we have a two-step listing process and I'd love to um, set up a time for maybe a 10, 20 minute call at the most, uh, you know, within the next 24, 48 hours, if you would, just to answer some questions in preparation for this meeting or this consultation, um, when is a good time for you? The goals here are to gather information about the home, um, the home that you're going to be consulting, the home that you're gonna be doing some data research on, um, to build some rapport with this seller. Perhaps you've never met them before. Perhaps it's a buyer you haven't talked to in a couple of years, reestablish some rapport. Um, and it's gonna help you to begin your preparation process, right? So you might not, you maybe you helped them buy this house three years prior. They've done a plethora of updates. This, this pre-listing interview is going to help you gather that information so that when you're pulling comps and providing some data at the consultation, you're able to factor in some of these updates that you're going to talk about here. It's really, um, you know, it's as if it's your phone call, if it's all right with you, I'd like to ask you a few questions and then set up a time for us to get together. These questions are to help me prepare for our meeting and should take about 10 minutes. Is this an okay time with you? you've probably established that ahead of time. That dialogue is right at the top of this pre-listing interview that you have access to as well. Um, you've probably already filled out their name, their property address, important to have their mailing address. If it's different, why? If they live locally and they're selling an investment property, you wanna make sure that you're sending the listing consultation or the listing packet to the proper address where they're gonna receive it. Um, <clears throat> We had the owners and the decision makers here. Perhaps, you know, there's four owners, but there's only one decision maker. It's really a comprehensive list of some helpful items. Some of the great questions on here, 
Why are you selling? Remember, your job is to gather this information. When you go to the consultation, you're going to use it to further the conversation as well as touch on the fact that you already know this item, right? Remember, you're in rapport with them. And if you say, so I know you want to sell because of this reason, X, Y, and Z. As the seller, you feel more safe because they remember certain details about what you need. You don't have to repeat yourself 10 times, right? Perhaps they're interviewing other agents from a different brokerage or a different office, whatever. There's no guarantee that they're going to be giving this level of service. And you want this seller to feel safe and comfortable and asking these questions about their prized possession will immediately set you apart. Um, why are you selling? When do you need to move? That's going to be really helpful when we talk about the listing timeline. Um, could you describe your house for me? And there's spaces here. How many beds? How many baths? Now you've looked at the tax records um, and you know this stuff, but just in case there's different details that you might not know, we're going to ask them. Detail or beds, baths, square foot. What style is it? What's your lot size? Is there a basement? Is it finished? How long have you owned your home? Right? So perhaps you've um, perhaps you haven't also, this is also helpful because maybe you haven't had time to, um, pull up the, um, public records to find out this information and you don't know how long that they've owned their home for. We're going to gather all of this information, um, in this conversation, we can go back and cross-reference it later. I love some of these questions. What sold you on your home when you first bought it? What features did you like? These are really helpful pieces of information to keep in mind when creating potential feature cards for the listing. Um, if it's something that this seller loved about the home when they bought it, there's a pretty good chance that another buyer is going to also like the home for the same reason. So finding out some of those key features that maybe not might not be obvious to the naked eye are helpful. Perhaps you're going on a winter listing consultation and there's a beautiful blooming garden that you would have no idea about nor would any buyer walking through in february know what kind of um spring bulbs pop up or peonies that bloom or beautiful landscaping that flourishes over the summertime these are all really key details that will serve you later um, have you done any updating to the home since you bought it and if you were to stay in your home another five years, is there anything you would like to do to it? Again, this is really helpful for um, the questions that you might get from a buyer's agent when they're coming through. You know, did they do any updating? Perhaps it's not something that you, um, it needs to be on a feature card, but it's at least a really helpful resource or piece of information. Um, perhaps there's like this really awkward flex space and you can't quite picture what to do, but the sellers have gone through the work and had draw plans drawn up for it. That would be really helpful to share with a potential buyer. So having this information is only um, value that you can add for others when trying to potentially sell this house. Um, number 13, per, for a moment, and we talked about this before, for a moment, pretend to be a buyer and look at your home through buyer's eyes. On a scale of one to 10, how would you rate his condition? People are pretty honest and they're also pretty accurate with it. There's, you know, we have a couple Pollyannas out there. I'm sure we've all experienced, but this is a really good indicator of what level quality their home is in. Um, and then this other one, this, the next follow-up question, which kind of goes with the previous one about what would you do if you're here for another five years is, 
what would it take for your house to be a 10? So let's say they rated it at a seven. They're like, well, to be a 10, we would probably need to put on a fresh coat of paint and paint all of the trim. So that's going to be really helpful, especially when it comes time to talking about pricing later on. Like, well, we, I know that you did talk about wanting to paint and update the trim. If we're working on getting this to the higher end of the price range that you're shooting for, those are some factors that could certainly help play in, right? So we're kind of using their, you're in the consultation, we're using their information and not in a um, sleazy way, but we're using their information to fuel some gain, some momentum or movement or moving the needle a little bit. Um, and again, these are all really good broad questions. Number, uh, oh, my numbering's off. Should fix that. Um, what are you thinking? What are you thinking you're going to be asking for the property? It's always good to know what their um, estimation is, right? So that when you go to that consultation, you know that you're bracing for an interesting enlightenment, um, or you're going to be right in pace with them and provide really good data to help them narrow down the range. Remember, we never decide what the price is. Sellers decide. Um, we provide information, they decide. Um, but it's going to really help narrow down their price range. Maybe it's a small range, um, but it's a really good piece of information to know. Um, it's also important to know if they own, you know, we want to know if they own their property free and clear or do they have a loan. We want to be able to prepare a seller's net sheet for them so that they can have some estimated net proceeds. Um, um, have you had a recent appraisal? Have you recently refinanced? Do you happen to know their approximate balance? This is just to help provide them information. How would you respond when they some, say something like, well, that's what I need you to tell me. I would say, I am certainly going to come prepared with data and information for you to give you a great range. I was just curious if you had a stab in the dark value that you were thinking of um, as we were getting going in this conversation. If they don't have one, it's not the end of the world. I would just, it would just kind of, um, right? It's just information, building that rapport. If they have nothing, and it's, and it's freaking them out because they're like that perfectionist type and they want to know the exact value. I would say, don't even worry about it. I'm going to bring some information and some data that will help you narrow down that range. Um, <clears throat> people love this next question. What three things or what, you know, you could just say what things, what three things are you looking for in a realtor? I find that whenever I ask this question, which is every listing consultation, most people say to me, wow. I've never been asked that before. People, right? Because we're consulting with them. And this is just a quick questionnaire. People get talked at. People get told, well, here's what I can do. And here's what I do. And blah, 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 blah. Now that's great to an extent. But you want to treat people how they want to be treated. So when they tell you how they want to be treated, we are prescribed to do just that. Um, it is the job of a listing agent to help set your price. So when you hire me as an agent, we'll do just that, something like that. Um, yeah, totally. And I would say, totally. I would just provide, say like you're going to provide the resources and the information to help narrow it down um, when we're, we're talking about pricing. So please, if anything, make sure that you ask that question. If you, it gets overlooked, ask that seller what they're looking for in a realtor. That's going to help you when you get to that listing consultation. Um, might judge on they're always going to say like communication honesty data information resources whatever right so when they say those things you better be sure to provide them you're obviously probably going to provide more but please make sure that at the bare minimum you are providing the items that they outline for you um, some people get really uncomfortable with this next um 
piece and I don't always use it if I don't uh, feel prepared to talk about it. But people want to know, are you interviewing any other brokers for this job? And when are they being interviewed? I do like to ask them if they're interviewing anyone else or when and when's their first interview because I want to go before them. Um, some people are dead set on going after them. Um, I like to be the first one through the door um, and have that conversation with people. So it's always helpful to at least know, and sometimes they're close to the cuff with it, but it's at least worth worth asking to see um, where you feel comfortable. And listen, you got to find out what that fe what feels right for you. Do you want to be the first one in the door or do you want to be the one that steals them away? Um, not steals them away, but like is the big shiny finale. Most often people get really tired of doing this situation of doing listing interviews and they're likely going to go with someone who provides them all that they can um, or provides them with everything that they're looking for and they don't feel the need to continue to interview. Um, a couple of other questions. Have you sold a property before? Helpful to know, you know, where in that sliding scale of how many times you're going to explain something. Um, is there anything else I should know about your home? And you, and there's kind of like this big talk track with Ninja where you just say anything else, anything else, anything else. People love to share about their home. Um, and so if you give them that opportunity to ask to share anything else, anything else, anything else, um, it will again, build that rapport and make them feel safe. And do you have any other questions for me? Sometimes you're able to answer them right then and there. Sometimes you'll say, Sounds great. Thank you. I will be sure to talk about this at our consultation on uh, when we get together. Then it gives you some time to um, let them know I will be dropping off a listing packet between now and um, our listing. We know you're going to set up your interview, your time for having your consultation. Between now and then, I'll be dropping off a listing packet for you to review so you don't get overwhelmed with information when we meet. Um, and then for your information, if there's a referral that you need to follow up with, maybe it's somebody from out of state, perhaps it's a client, what have you. That took me a long time to go through. When you have that consultation on the phone with a potential seller, it will likely not take you more than 10 to 20 minutes. Um, it doesn't need to be. That's not the consultation. That's just the information gathering portion. Okay. Then you're going to deliver your listing packet. Um, and this is going to be part of your homework this week. Um, a listing packet can be one of many different things. Um, Brokerman here at Resumine, we have a um, outline checklist of some items to include in your listing folders. We have folders here. We have seller buyer guides. We have a plethora of resources within our Brokerman library. I encourage you to pick out what works well for you and what you feel a seller will find value for. Um, and the key is, is to have it arrive prior to the in-person meeting. Um, some of you, I like to create the same, pretty much the same listing, um, folder or packet, uh, to use for everyone. And there's some things I need to sub out here and there, but I have a pretty blank or a pretty standard packet that I put together so that it's ready to go in case I need to send off that consultation. Um, before the consultation. The last thing you want is to have that listing interview and then you have to drive all the way to the office, prepare all your materials because you don't have a folder prepared. So part of your homework between this week and next is gonna be to prepare um, listing folders. So when you have that listing interview, you can get that sent off right away, okay? Um, 
we can talk in the Ninja channel as well about other things that people put into their um, listing folders. I will try to leave an example of one of mine here in the West office. I didn't bring one with me today, but I have them stacked and ready to go at home. So this listing packet, right? It just happens anytime between the listing interview and the consultation, preferably at least like a day before that consultation. It's like a 50-50 chance whether they look through it, but at least they'll have it so that they can refer to it at the meeting or maybe they've looked through it and they've able, they're able to gather some questions. Um, then the next step is going to be the property walkthrough and the consultation, okay? It's ideal to set, schedule that for that same week as the pre-listing interview, hopefully before anybody else gets in there. Um, and hopefully, you know, no more than maybe two, three, four days after that pre-listing interview schedule is pending. Um, the job and your task here at the pre at the listing consultation is to continue to build rapport and add to all the information that you gather during the pre-listing interview. We have a we have a listing consultation worksheet as a guide as well. Um, so when you get to this listing consultation, you're going to have another listing packet with you. They might have gotten it. They have a toddler running around and tore it to shreds or misplaced all the parts, and it's halfway to Tuesday around the house, um, and they don't have it. The last thing they want to do is feel bad because they don't have that with them. You're going to bring another one with you, okay? You're going to have your listing questionnaire, your pre-listing questionnaire with all that information there. You're going to have um, your data, and we're going to talk about some of those things in a second, but you're going to have data that you've done from market research, from all the, the comps and the homes that have sold in the area, in the general size and price range of this home um, that you're going to do a consultation on. Okay, so we're going to have all that, and we're going to have some market statistics for them to use um, for some visual pricing situations as well. So right when we get there, we're always going to bring some sort of gift, right? When you come to a home, whether you're um, being invited to like a dinner party or something, it's really, it's always kind to bring someone a gift, whether that is a small little succulent. Um, the candle kit here at Western Maine is a perfect seller consultation gift because it's got the three candles in there when they go under contract, when they're through inspection, and when they've closed, um, it's a fun like little separated out celebratory gift. Um, so always come in hand offering the seller something. It also pretty immediately builds rapport, lowers that anxiety level. They're grateful, all of that. Um, right when I get there, I have my listing consultation worksheet, but then I also, I sometimes just flip this over. I have like a clipboard. Sometimes they have my iPad to take notes because I'm more digital and I lose papers. Um, but I wanna take a tour of their house. I want them to show me around their home. And I'm gonna write down furiously anything that I can because sellers start to tell you everything about their house. This was updated at this point. This is this, this hot water heater we replaced last year. Here's where this is. This is a hidden little nook for storage or what have you, okay? Um, they're gonna share their favorite things there and you're gonna smile and nod and not necessarily make comments about the gaudy molding that they thought was the cat's pajamas and they painted lime green. There's going to be a moment to talk about that later, but you're going to smile and nod. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, thank you. Okay. Sounds great. Once you're toured around the house, I find it nice to sit and um, gather usually at like a kitchen table. So you can write on the surface next to someone across from somebody in a really comfortable, 
conversation space. Maybe it's at the bar and they're like, you know, like the island in the kitchen or whatever. Um, you're going to review, um, you're going to review some of the, the data from your pre-listing interview in this listing consultation. Um, how many properties have you sold before? They did tell us in the listing in the listing interview that they have sold a home. We want to know how many and when was the last time. Let's say they sold it three years ago. Well, three years ago, we were in like a similar style market that we're in right now. So it's not going to be too jarring when we let them know the details of how the current process works. If they sold a home 20 years ago, well, we were in a way different situation as far as selling a home 20 years ago. So we, we're going to key in to know to update them as to how the current process works. Um, how about using video during the tour so you don't have to write notes, but can review their notes later? Um, I see that point, Lisa. I think there's a lot of power in seeing in a seller seeing you take notes about their home. Um, maybe if you have a second person, they can take a video as you're taking notes. I think there's a lot of power in take. I mean, you can ultimately do whatever it is that you like. I just find that taking notes, you're able to write some more anecdotal thoughts maybe, or ideas that you might have about a space. Um, and if you need to ask a question later, I don't think that that's a bad thing. Um, but maybe you could have both. I do think that there's a really big power in taking notes. Um, so we're going to know the last time they sold their home and we want to know how it went for them because we want to know if they would like to mimic that experience or if they would like a completely different experience. Um, and remember we're taking notes because we said we're taking notes on this page as well. We're going to be taking notes the whole time. It's kind of like when you go to a restaurant and you have a server come up to you. I don't know about you, but I always find it to be a little bit more comfort comforting when the server writes down what our entire order is. I find it to be not obtrusive at all. And I find it more off-putting and kind of like, oh, are they going to remember this if they just remember the order by memory? Because then a lot of times they come back and they're like, great, you wanted this and this and this, right? And they go and put in the order. Maybe something's wrong. Maybe it's not. If they wrote it down, there's a really good chance there's they're not going to get anything wrong. Um, and it provides a little secret level of security for the seller as well. Just some food for thought. Um, okay, the listing consultation. So we want to know about, um, tell me about your experiences with your realtor. What did you like about the process and what would you like to change? Again, kind of like the pre-listing interview, we are, um, always here for you, Alyssa. Um, we are here to provide value for these sellers to treat them how they would like to be treated. And they're going to tell us exactly how they want to be treated, what worked for them and what didn't. If, and we're always, and you'll learn this in the buyer process as well. We live in magic wand world a lot. If you could make, wave a magic wand and have this sale go just the way that you wanted, what would that look like? Right? So we want to, they're going to tell us, well, we're going to hopefully not to not do too many repairs. We're going to list it around this time, probably get a contract under that first weekend and then close anywhere from like two weeks to 30 days later. You have all the information you need to set their expectations and manage potential pricing situations, give them choices and consequences, right? If they want to sell it that quickly, then we're going to have to be very aggressive with pricing. We can't necessarily just go willy nilly and throw market data to the wind. Okay. Um, we're going to review what's your reasons for selling. Uh, we wanted to, we learned that in the pre-listing interview. Why are you selling? 
maybe they have to move out of town. Maybe they just need a bigger house. Maybe they uh, are getting separated. Maybe they're joining two homes. Who knows? Um, if they're moving out of town, do you need a referral in the town that you're planning to move to for a realtor, right? So then you're allowing to provide them another resource. Um, we're going to review where you're going. Do you need to sell this house in order to get there? Do you have any other homes that you need to sell? That's also potentially opening up a can of worms for another home that you need to sell, but just making sure that you're covering all your bases. They might not even know that you would think to ask that question and they're gonna be happy that it was even a consideration. Then we're gonna talk about the calendar. When would you like to be to where you wanna go? Whether that means they're moving from Lakewood to Arvada or from Arvada to Chicago. Um, we wanna move into the new house, they want to close on this house on this date. So it gives you all that information right here. We also have supplemental um, resources in our brokerment library, seller resources that will help you and help them visually see some of those items as well. Um, do you have any other properties to sell? And would you like any help doing that? Now we're going to qualify the home. This, apply, this only applies if deficiencies exist that affect the value of the home. I think it's. I think it applies on a, a lot of um, scale on a lot of ways, but it's the disclaimer that um, Ninja put out there. Do you want to price your house as is, or with those items they mentioned in the pre, in the pre-listing interview, or with painting the walls and the trim, or with um, redoing the countertops, or with changing out the hardware? Right. So you're going to provide them the choices and the consequences that might the consequences of not painting the walls and the trim might result in not as appealing of a product in buyer's eyes. Okay. Um, but again, we want to know what they're thinking and what their process is so that we can provide some choices and consequences. Have you had a chance to review the package of information we gave you? No, we haven't looked at it yet. It just got sat there, but we promise we will. No problem. Please just know that you don't have to remember everything that I'm saying to you word for word today, because in that package, here are some items that you know that will look you'll be able to look at some um, some great contractors that you can do to help with painting. Because I know that that was something that you mentioned you might want to get taken care of. Um, it will give you way things, small little things that will look good in photos, etc. All the information that you're going to put in your pre-listing package. Um, let's say they said, yeah, we did. We scoured over it over dinner and a glass of wine and it was lovely. Sounds like a great night. Um, do you have any questions about that package? Yeah. I just wanted to know about your commission. Is it negotiable? Great question. You're not the only person that asked that. We'll get to that a little bit later. I'm really good at like pushing that one off until I want to talk about it. I don't like to talk about things that somebody throws at me when I'm not ready to talk about them. That doesn't mean I like shut down their conversation, but I try to really remember like you're in charge of navigating the boat there. You provide, they decide, um, you drive the boat. They're going to drive the decisions. And if the boat's not ready to get into that dock yet, you're going to keep driving on and let them know that you'll talk about it when the time comes. Um, based on the information in the package, do you feel that I'm qualified to market your home? And the question was, do you feel like I'm qualified to market your home? Because you're going to put in marketing information, some um, anecdotal experience, mm -hmm. et cetera. And they might say, yeah, I think you could market this home just fine, but I think so-and-so could market it too. Yeah, you're probably right. And we'll talk about that later. Would you like me to handle the sale for you? And they might say, well, 
I think so, but we're going to have to talk about this after this week, after the problem or after this um, consultation. No problem. What are the key things you feel like you need to know in order to move forward with selling your home? Well, we need to know that we're going to be able to get the most profits from somebody and that the house is going to sell really quickly. Okay. Anything else? No, we just want to know that we're, it's that you're going to be honest and, uh, we're not going to lose money and you're going to be paying attention to everything. Okay. Anything else? So all this stuff is in this listing consultation. Remember they're giving you all the, all the information you need to provide them the appropriate value. Um, so you're going to keep asking them anything else, anything else, anything else. I'll make sure to cover all of these items before we're done here today. And then this is usually where people, this is when to practice. Like you'll see me, you'll see in a future slide to practice, practice, practice because not everyone's comfortable with this next part. And if you say to them, you know, one of three things will happen here today. After I've answered all of your questions, you might decide to hire me. Or you may decide that I'm not the right fit for you and you may choose not to hire me. Or if I feel like I can't help you achieve your objectives, I have the responsibility to you that, I have the responsibility to tell you that, and to tell you that and not take your listing. It would not be right for me to take your listing knowing deep down that I can't help you, right? And that situation might be that when we talk about, have you talked about what price range you want to sell your house? And then you walk in the house and you're like, there is no way given the data that I am seeing that this house could sell for that much or in that amount of time given their calendar, right? Sellers think that they have all of the power. They have a lot of it, but you do too. Just like you get to choose who's your ideal client and who to work with or who to walk away from. And when sellers hear that sometimes they might not want to be worked with from the realtor, there it creates a little sense of urgency. I say this too, because you saw me even stumbling over my words. I hadn't read it in a while. Um, practice this and feel confident with this, this position you can put yourself and your seller in. And then the last question is, should we proceed and see where we are? And they're like, yeah, like, gosh, why wouldn't you want to work with me? We have the house to sell. Everyone needs a house to sell right now. Well, I'll decide if that's going to be worth my time and worth yours. And then we talk about pricing. This is the opportunity to present and go over comps first, right? So we're just going to share with them the information. Here's a home that sold in your neighborhood for the price and how long it went on market, the size in comparison to yours. Here's what the interior photos look like. And you're going to have four, five, six of them, depending on what the neighborhood um, calls for. My mission is to get you from Lakewood to Arvada on time. Would you like to see your odds? So you could show them, you know, if they price it right, this is where you're going to come up with all of, like that market data that works for you. Um, again, this is where I'm going to put that disclaimer in is this is a broad uh, bird's eye view. And what you use for your market data will work on what you can speak intelligibly to. That's a really big statement to say, if it works for you and you know how to explain it to a seller, that's the market data that you should be using in order to help them make a decision, okay? Um, are you willing to sell your home at fair market value? Reminding them that fair market value is determined by what buyers are willing to pay given their choices and what sellers are willing to sell for given their choices in the competition. So if there are no homes on the market 
this, the fair market value typically gets driven up because they have no other choices. If there are 10 homes for sale in that same neighborhood and one choice looks shinier than the other one, the fair market value of shiny one typically goes higher than the non-shiny cream puff because it's all about what a buyer is willing to sell or what a buyer is willing to pay. You will hear sellers say over and over and over again, well, my house is worth this much. Here's the bottom line. Listing prices, those are suggestions, okay? Given data that we know and that we have, and we're making a really good estimated assumption as to what an appraiser would use to find value in that property. But listing, listing um, prices are suggestions. They're not the standard. Um, what a buyer is willing to pay for a house is what the home is worth. That's a really big idea. And it's also a really big idea for a buyer to wrap their mind around, which we'll talk about later, is they'll say, well, that home's not worth that much. It's not worth that much to you. To somebody else, it's worth $50,000 more than what you're willing to pay. So it's just all about your mindset and kind of how you can frame certain things to people and manage their expectations. Um, and then remind them buyers compare properties based on location, price, style, and size, and their condition, features, and amenities. And when they, when the seller starts putting their home kind of in it, let's say it's like a sliding scale, like these one, two, three, four, five homes. And like, well, my house is somewhere between house three and four as far as condition, but it's between price. It's between house one and two, as far as ideal locations to parks or restaurants or coffee shops or what have you. Um, so it's going to help give them information to make decisions based on the current market conditions what has recently sold, what's currently active. Where do you think you should price your home in order to get to Arvada on time? And they'll say, well, probably somewhere within this range. Do you think it'll get you there on time? I think so. I mean, this house was priced at this much and it went under contract within two days. Yeah, I agree with you. That looks pretty accurate. I think that's a good starting point. If it doesn't get you there, what's your plan B? Well, we will probably have to adjust the price to make sure that people get in the door on time, right? So it's not you just always telling them that they might need that suggestion, but allow them, if you ask the right questions, a lot of times the answers will come organically. Um, or we might have to find, or we might have to um, wait to buy the next house if we can't get there on time. Um, if we don't sell that house, we might have to make those certain updates that we weren't really wanting to make and wait and then relist it. Just all of those options. Um, if we get to a certain point and we and your house hasn't sold, what will you do? Well, we're going to have to really make sure that we price it properly because that's not an option. Okay, that sounds great. We'll get really clear on what our pricing is. And then there's some other questions here just about managing their expectations. If we got a contract for your house uh, for asking price today, what would you do? Well, if we got it for asking price today, I wonder what would happen tomorrow. Okay. We wouldn't take it. We would wait to see through the weekend. Okay. That sounds great. That's going to create some lack of, we're going to create some, remember those confusion or some decisions they have to make about showing availability. That's going to help them make that decision. They're going to want to show through the weekend, regardless if they get a full asking price offer today. If we find a buyer for your house in the next 72 hours, are you going to be okay with that? What if it's the first person who looks at your house, again, providing some clarity. Well, some people just want the price that they want and that's all they need. They don't want to deal with showings for the rest of the weekend. Boom, we'll accept the contract. We'll move on. Okay. Here's what the implications, here's the consequences of that choice. Or 
actually we want to show it all weekend long. We don't want to miss out on anything and we want to get the highest price possible. Okay. Here's the consequences for that choice. Consequences don't always mean something bad. Consequences mean results. Okay. So a consequence for a choice of waiting the whole weekend might mean they need to make a decision on 10 offers presented to them and let nine people down. They might have to move quicker than they thought they were going to be um, moving because they got an offer that can close in two weeks or right. So we're just talking about consequences from choices. Any other, and then there's a place here to note any other important um, items to consider. This listing consultation leaves some things. You're like, well, what about like telling them when the staging's gonna happen in the photography? Well, that's where some specific resources come into play. So in the number two here in the seller resource folder and broker mint, and again, this is for Western Maine agents with the broker. We have a folder, file folder for broker mint, which has specific resources for sellers. Um, there are plenty of resources out there, um, either within whatever brokerage you're in that you're watching this from, um, or just on the internet alone. Um, but providing a calendar for people to show when the staging is going to happen so that they can right, We've already talked about the timeline. We want to know when they want to go active so we can work backwards from there. Well, they're going to want to have photos on this day. So staging is going to be on this day, etc. Um, Additional resources you're going to want to bring to our current market data for that neighborhood. Um, it's going to help with them with their pricing strategy. So this neighborhood, the average days in the MLS or the average days on the market are four days. So that means that that pricing that they're working on um, within that neighborhood is really pretty on par and really close. Um, so we're going to use that to help the sellers make choices. Um, we're going to put in resources for help, helpful contractors. We know that they might have projects they want to do. We found that out in the pre-listing interview. Do they need painters? Do they need, um, new siding? Do they need roofers? Do they need landscaping? Right? So whatever resources we can provide for them, providing a gift for their first, for that in-person meeting. Um, I always also suggest you set up the seller on an MLS search so they can see active, um, and pending sold homes coming and going on in their neighborhood, just furthering that data and their um, expectations and practice. Go, the first person you present um, this consultation with should not be your sellers. Your clients should never be your practice dummies. So make sure whether it's a mirror, whether it's another agent and you guys are consulting back and forth, both the interview and the consultation, um, this is something you should be practicing in advance and ahead of time. Okay. Specific resources for first-time home buyers. I'm not sure what your question is saying, like first-time home buyers for the listing. So we're, I'm talking about this as just for sellers. This is resources that we're going to be using for our sellers right now. Um, next week, we'll talk about buyers. Um, for the sake of time, these conversations are in your um, PDF for this week. Um, but these are really helpful um, items to think about in conversations that might come up, right? When we hear about roadblocks or pillars or um, what do they say? Like hurdles that objections that people will come up with. Um, really good ways to kind of change their thinking and ask in a question kind of way um, versus just telling them they're right or wrong. Um, I love this one about, are you willing to list your home at fair market value? If yes, 
would you like me to handle it for you? If they say yes, but so then track backtrack to any, okay, well, is there anything else that you might feel is missing in order for me to list this home for you? And they can tell you those things and you can speak to those items. As a buyer, would you select the homes you want to look at? Or sorry, as a buyer, how would you select the homes that you want to look at? And you want to hear what they're going to say. So you know that we find most buyers select homes to look at based on these three criteria, the style and size, the location, and the price range. So let's pretend to be a buyer and look at the market for your home through those buyer's eyes. And if you show them, you know, what the market analysis says um, for that price point and their location, list the homes for sale in order of price, showing where their homes are in line with that, and then take them on a tour of the competition, right? So that's where they get to find out where they are in that line. And they might say, oh yeah, it would totally, like we think we're priced over here, but we actually kind of fall in line with the homes that are priced on this end of the spectrum. So you're providing the information and they're deciding. Um, Mike, I think asked that question. If they ask you, what do you think the practice, what do you think the price should be? We always look at the market for the answers. The market will speak to us and we have to listen. So based on the information that we have just gone over, the current market appears to be telling us that your home will probably sell somewhere in the range of here to here. Do you think that will work for you? And they're going to say, yeah. And then they're going to work on pinpointing that exact number. And let's say they want to sell it for $499. you are going to say, let's price it for $500 because we want to hit both pools of buyers or what have you. Okay. So these are really helpful conversations. Um, to keep in mind and to go over before you go into that consultation. Again, part of that practice piece. Um, people always say, well, we can always come down. Um, and again, using that pricing tool, well, the odds of selling at a certain price that you want after seven days or after 14 days drops to a percentage of full list price. So you might say, well, a home that sits on the market after 14 days, typically only sells for 95% of their requested asking price. Is that something that you're willing to do? And they'll say, well, no. So then we work on pricing it more appropriately given the market conditions. How long do you spend with them on this consultation? Um, I find it takes anywhere from an hour, sometimes two, depending how chatty you are, how good friends you are, um, depending how many details you're able to hammer out. Sometimes you'll give them some homework to do um, and you need to wait to hear when the listing consultation or when the staging consultation is going to be. Sometimes you're able to figure that out right at that, right in that meeting. Um, so I would say anywhere from one to two hours is usually um, how much time is spent here. Also depending on the size of the home. Okay. <clears throat> A lot of information, but I think valuable. So your homework is always going to be, and you don't have to send in, um, the Ninja Nine, um, but I want you to make sure that you're doing it. Remember, penciling in, um, penciling in the five daily habits. Excuse me, um, the five daily habits every day, and then where you're going to fit in the four weekly habits for success. Whether that's broken up into two sessions or one session, what have you. Then by next week, I want you to all create three listing packets or folders, um, including both the pre-listing interview and the consultation in that folder so that you are somewhere on your person so that if you need to have one quickly, it's available to you. Um, having these resources ready will A, 
start to manifest that business and B, you'll have it ready to go so that when you have that listing interview, you can get that listing packet off right away. Okay. Um, we have two pages of resources for you. Um, these first three are from the Ninja Selling Podcast, um, which are just, you can listen to while you're driving, listen to over and over again. Um, I think these three, there's probably more, but these were the three that I found that would be most um, in line with and helpful for the listing, um, for the seller process. And then there is a plethora of Ninja U videos. And these are the ones that I'm saying, please watch them over and over and over again, especially um, like they have a whole, the Ninja listing consultation demo on there. They have the calendar question. They have the pre-listing interview demonstration. Um, the way that they handle it is um, quintessential Ninja. I did a brief over, overview. They are the masterminds behind all this. So it's a really huge source of um, yeah, it is like this, they you do the seller process in a whole day and the day goes from eight to five. So um, you can only imagine what kind of nuggets you're going to be able to pick up from like the Ninja U resources. Um, and also in the book is even more in depth. So be sure that you are following up with all of these resources. Do you ever do a two-step consultations? Um, meaning like in-person to like pre-listing interview, listing consultation, second listing consultation. Alicia, is that your question? I don't do that. Some people, some, I think Ninja does talk about that. I don't do it because I find, um, especially if they're interviewing others, it's taking up way too much of their time. Um, no, I try to bring as much information to that meeting as possible to wrap up and gather as much as I can right then and there. Um, people, you know, nobody, once, once they've decided to sell their house, they want to get going as soon as possible, unless there's like, obviously like a one-off need for something like that. But I try to get it all done um, as possible within there. Mike, I will put out, I will find that ninja reading list and we'll try to put it up in the resources um, on the, for the website, for the, um, for this series. Um, just give me a little bit of time to gather that or find out where that is. Um, any other questions from today? Um, yeah, time does kill deals. Um, any other questions, thoughts? Again, you can always reach out to me. Go ahead and prepare those listing packets. Do what feels good for you. We have all the resources you need here at the offices. Please be sure to utilize them. Don't do more than you think you need. Like I don't necessarily think, like if you have no sellers in your pipeline, like making 10 listing packets is maybe a little bit of overkill. Let's start with three, right? Let's start there see what we can do. You can always come and make more. I'm all about saving and being resourceful. Oh, wow. That's so nice, Mike. I'm so glad. Um, it, I'm so glad that you guys are finding value of this. Sometimes you get up here and you think I'm talking into a void because I'm talking into a computer. So I'm glad that this is all um, being a value for you all. So I appreciate it. I love doing it every single week. Um, and again, once you made those listing packets, perhaps you're getting out there and you're practicing. Have a practice with those listing consultations. Have a practice with those pre-listing interviews. Call your mom, call your aunt, do it with your spouse, whatever you need to do, okay? But go out there and be the ninjas I know you all can be. Uh, have a great and wonderful week, and I will see you all next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs>